And Lord, we bring you our hearts now in need of your word. We need your word. We need to be fed the word of God this morning. So keep me out of the way. Let me just like be a channel to introduce people to your word and what you're saying in your word. Help me to, to be clear and to be accurate in sync with your scriptures and, and give me the heart, Lord, to preach what you've given me. We love your word. Unleash its power today in our midst, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. Well, let's start by turning to Joshua chapter 9. We're going to end up in James, but I want to start kind of by setting the stage with what happens in Joshua chapter 9. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We're passionate here about having everybody be able to have a Bible so that you can look on. The Bible is the important information here. Anything I have to say is helpful to the extent that it connects you with the Bible and what's being taught in the scriptures. So Joshua chapter 9 is on page 185 and the Bibles were passing out. Here's the setting for this passage, the verse I want to read. Joshua was called by God to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And the peoples who had inhabited the promised land up to that point were a terrifyingly wicked people. I mean, if you read about their religious practices, it would make you sick. And including things like burning their live babies on altars before their idols. And it's just terrible. And God said, enough with these people in the promised land. Joshua, go in, kill them all as my judgments. And so Joshua... That was his call. So they were entering in to the promised land. Now, there were some people in the promised land called the Gibeonites. They were in the promised land. They lived in the promised land. They'd heard what happened to Jericho, destroyed. And so they came up with a plan to deceive Joshua so that he'd make a treaty with them thinking that they were from outside the promised land. So the plan was, you've, you've probably read the story, is that they sent a group of men who were all dressed in really old robes, and sandals that like had been totally trashed, and they had like bread in their bags that was like rock hard, crusty, looked like it had been around for decades, you know. So they they just happened to bump into Joshua and the people of Israel, and and they said, "Man, we're, it's great to meet you guys. We've heard about your God and what happened in Egypt, and we're from far away, you know, way outside the Promised Land, and we wanted to come and meet you and and make a treaty with you so that we would be at peace together forever as a people." So Joshua looked at their bread and, and looked at what they were wearing, and Joshua was completely deceived. And he made a peace treaty with the Gibeonites. And for the rest of Israel's history, at various times, the Gibeonites caused major trouble for Israel. So Joshua completely fell for this, though. He was completely deceived. They lied to him. He was completely taken in by it. So, we can't really blame Joshua, can we? I mean, what else could Joshua possibly have done to not be taken in? I mean, what, how could he have avoided being deceived? There's nothing else he could have done. How could he have known, right? In Joshua chapter 9, we read that Joshua could have known there was something Joshua could have done to not be deceived. Look at what we read in verse 14. Here's what Joshua could have done. So the men of Israel took some of their, the Gibeonites' provisions, checking out how crusty is this bread after all. So they they took some of their provisions, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. They did not ask counsel from the Lord. 
there was something Joshua could have done to not be deceived. He could have asked counsel from the Lord, but he didn't. He trusted in his own wisdom, in his own discernment, in his own understanding. God was there ready to give to Joshua all the wisdom that he needed to make this decision. God knew exactly what the Gibeonites were up to. God always has flawless wisdom and God would have given to Joshua the wisdom he needed to see through their lies had Joshua asked him. But Joshua didn't ask counsel from the Lord. And so he was deceived. And the rest is history. Now, I'm praying that after this morning, none of us will ever, ever do what Joshua did here and face a circumstance, a decision, a question, and not ask counsel from the Lord. I'm praying that after today, first of all, that we'll be just so encouraged with the fact that I'll give you the punchline. This is just amazing what we're going to learn from James. Every decision, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is just unbelievably precious. Every decision you will ever face, every one, if you'll ask God for wisdom, he will give you all the wisdom you need for every decision you ever have to make through the rest of your life, which means you will never face a decision ever again in which you will be without the wisdom you needed to have. That is amazing. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. Let's turn to uh, James chapter 1, page 1011. I would guess that some of you are burdened right now with a decision that's in front of you. You don't know what to do. The ramifications either way could be big. You're nervous about it. You're fearful about it. Oh, there's good news for you. And, And all the rest of you, you'll be facing those kinds of decisions soon. And I want you to see what God says in James chapter 1. In the first paragraph, which we studied two weeks ago, we saw James' instruction to the believers about how to deal with trials. And now look at what he says in verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, And it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So let's just start with the question, what should we do when we lack wisdom? Okay, It's clear from verse 5. When he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, it's clear that there will be times when followers of Jesus lack wisdom. Followers of Jesus do not automatically have all the wisdom they need for the decisions they make. There will be times when we lack wisdom. So let's try to think of some examples. Uh, Maybe there's someone in your home group who's really struggling spiritually, and you just don't know what to do. just don't know what to do to help them. You lack wisdom. So you're a candidate for verse 5. Maybe you're thinking about the Morocco team came back and you're thinking about maybe I should go next year. Should we go? And you're going to be praying and thinking about should we go to Morocco or not? You need wisdom. You don't know whether you should or not. You need wisdom. Verse 5 is perfect for you. Remember when we were, when our kids were younger, there's just, it's like there's always things that were coming up, especially with one of them who kept asking, you know, can I do this? Or, you know, like a friend wants me to spend the night. And we're always saying, oh gosh, another decision we have to make. And, 
Lord, here we are again. But I mean, parenting requires massive amounts of wisdom, right, parents? Great news. Verse 5, okay? So the times you don't know what to do, good news. Um, Maybe, I, I pray you're having a growing burden. Lord, how can the gospel advance in my neighborhood? How can the gospel advance on my street? I don't know what to do. Perfect. Verse 5. So lots of decisions we face. So what should we do when we lack wisdom? Read verse 5 again. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. That's what we should do. Okay? Now think of all the things we do besides asking God. I just tried to make a list. Uh, We make a long list of pros and cons. Okay? Long list. Pros and do a lot of journaling, you know. Uh, Maybe you call up a friend, you know, what should we do, you know. Got this decision I'm facing. Uh, maybe you like go to Barnes and Noble, go to the section of books which talk about that, find one that'll answer the question, you know. Or maybe you go to Ask Jeeves and type in your question, see if something will help, you know. All different kinds of approaches, and and none of those are wrong. But none of those, by themselves, will bring you the wisdom that you need. What you must do to get the wisdom you need is to ask God. First, ask God. And not just like ask him in passing while you're, while you're driving to Barnes & Noble or while you're dialing your friend's phone, okay? Sit down or kneel down or get on your face before God and just say, Lord, facing a decision, I don't have the, the wisdom that I need. You have the wisdom I need. You've promised to give it when I ask you. I'm asking you. So my point is when you pray and ask God for wisdom, really Meet the living God through the person of Jesus and ask him. So you're setting everything else aside. You're just seeking and asking him for wisdom. That's what we should do. Okay? Now why? Why should we ask God? Rest of verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, here's a promise, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be Given him. Isn't that amazing? So the reason we should ask God for wisdom is because if you do so, God will give you the wisdom that you need. That's right there in that line. It will be given him. So if you're lacking wisdom right now, don't know what to do, facing a decision, if you'll ask God, he promises, I will give you the wisdom that you need. And he promises to give it generously. James says, he gives it generously. He's not like Scrooge. Just give you a little dime worth of wisdom. Figure the rest out yourself. I'll give you this bottom corner from the treasure map. Figure out the rest yourself. You know, I'll give you some inscrutable little weird riddle to figure out. No, he gives it generously. He'll give you all the wisdom that you need. Generously. Okay, now how can God do that for people like us who've rebelled against him? Really important question to raise, because some of you might be thinking, okay, man, for me to have God give wisdom generously, that must mean I've got to be like really, really good. Okay? Or others of you are thinking, for me to get that kind of wisdom from God, it's not going to happen, because I've been really, really bad. Okay? Either of those, you're not seeing things clearly. Okay? God doesn't give you wisdom because you've been really, really good. 
If you think that, you won't get any wisdom. Okay? He will still give you wisdom if you've been really, really bad, which is all of us, okay? Because of Jesus. Okay, we've got to see the gospel again right here, right, right, right at the core of this. It's because of Jesus. Jesus paid for sins on the cross. Followers of Jesus are not people who've been able to pull off a higher level of goodness than other people. Followers of Jesus are people who've recognized that we've rebelled against God and we've come before Jesus and said, I see you've died on the cross to pay for my wrong. I am so sorry for how I've been rebelling against you, independent of you. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. Through your paying for my sins, you're being punished in my place on the cross. Forgive me. Okay, so I hope there's good news here. It's not like, okay, man, I've got a big decision. I'm going to like be going to church every Sunday for the next month so that he'll give me the wisdom. It's going to be really good. That's wrong. Or I'll never get the wisdom because I've been too bad. I hope you can just clear all that away and just say, Jesus, I want to trust you. I want to trust you to forgive me, to wash me, to cleanse me, to clothe me in your perfect righteousness. And when I'm, when I'm connected to the one who is perfectly good, namely Jesus, the Father looks at you with a smile, and he says, ask me. Need wisdom? Ask me. I'll give you generously wisdom. Do you see that? So there's, there's no one here who's disqualified from having this promise happen because of how bad you've been. Okay? Are you guys getting this? Are you, are you hearing this? No. Hello, wake up, okay. There's no one here who's disqualified because of how bad you've been. Jesus was good in your place if you'll repent and trust him. Receive him as your savior. Receive him as your Lord. Welcome him into your life as your heart's satisfying treasure. Okay, so God says he'll give wisdom generously. And then James says God will give wisdom without reproach. It's like you'll never come to him and say, God, I need wisdom. And, and he'll never say to you, you know, when are you going to start to learn to think for yourself? You keep asking me for wisdom. When are you going to grow up? Never any reproach. When you ask God for wisdom, his response is always like, I am so glad you came. You're doing the right thing asking me for wisdom. I've got wisdom for this decision. Here it is. Come again. You know, more. I want to see you more. Okay, so God gives wisdom generously. God gives wisdom without reproach. So you're facing a decision. You don't know what to do. If you're trusting Jesus and forgiven and cleansed and righteous in him, ask God what's coming is generous, without reproach, wisdom. So try to think of a way to picture this. Let's just say that this is a Bible. Let's just say that this symbolizes all the wisdom you need for whatever decision you're facing. Okay? Here it is. Right here. All the wisdom you need. And if you're trusting Jesus, then it's like, it's like right here. It's near. It's yours for the ask. All you got to do is ask and... Oh, yes! Okay? All you got to do is ask. So, here it is. It's right here. If you're trusting Jesus, it's, right, it's right, right within reaching. And you've got a big decision that you've got to make. Okay? So, so what's wrong with this picture? Got a big decision to make. God's wisdom is right here just for the asking. I just ask. It's right there. I got a big decision to make. And it's a really, it's a really a big one. Because, I mean, if I go this way, I mean, that could happen. Or if I go this way, huh, that could happen. And 
It's big. I got to figure this out. Okay, I got to. I'm just going to write down some things here. Man, I got this. Okay, I could, I'll just list all the pros and cons of each option. So I'm, I'm thinking and I'm writing and I'm listing and I should call Bob. Bob, Bob, I got this decision to make here. You know, what do you think I should do? Do you know what I should do? And well, let me just try to see if I can kind of feel. Is my heart like tugging me one way or the other? Okay, what's wrong with that picture? Thank you. Okay. Ask. Ask. Every time you face a decision, if you lack wisdom, James says, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Ask. Okay? That's why we should ask. He'll always give generously and without reproach. Okay, now, how does God give wisdom to us? How does it come? And James doesn't tell us in this passage, but what I just, just to make things you know, a little bit more clear, I want to share with you the four main ways that, that are taught throughout the scriptures about how God gives wisdom. I think this might be helpful for you. I'll give you some different scriptures you can look at. First of all, the most important way to get wisdom is through God's word itself, the Bible, God's word. 2 Timothy three, sixteen says, all scripture is inspired, that means it's, it's, it's breathed by God, it's God's very words, like when you speak, breath comes out, it's God's words, it's profitable for teaching, for correction, for training in righteousness, for instruction, wisdom will be imparted to us through the scriptures. So the Bible is a clear and perfect source of wisdom. Dozens and dozens and dozens of the questions that we have about how to relate to people, how to deal with issues in my heart, how to overcome sin, what to ha- how should I work on the job, how should I raise my family, how should I love my wife. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of those questions are found here in the pages of Scripture. Okay, And the wisdom we get from the Scripture trumps all other wisdom on planet Earth. Because... Of all the different sources of wisdom on planet Earth, this is the only perfect source of wisdom. The only perfect source of wisdom. There's all kinds of other sources of wisdom on planet Earth. There's one perfect source of wisdom. God's Word. Okay, That's the first and most important way God gives wisdom. Second, God gives wisdom through other uh, men and women. Other people, getting counsel from them. Uh, Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. So it's helpful to ask for counsel. We first ask God for wisdom, but then God in his word tells us to ask others for counsel. So for example... I drove Jeff Vanderstelt, who did the conferences last weekend from his hotel in San Francisco to Pleasant Hill Thursday afternoon, and, and I came up with a list of questions I wanted to ask him to get counsel about stuff. I mean, I'm driving him from his hotel. I might as well put him to work, right? So, so I asked him all these questions. Remember when I first started in real estate years ago, I had to make some money quick, and so I, I just simply went to the top producer in the office and said, how, how would you start if you needed to make some money quick? She said, go knock on doors. Okay. So there I was. Ask for counsel, and I would especially encourage you to do this in the setting of your home group. Ask your brothers and sisters. What would you do? What scriptures would be helpful? Would you, would you join with me as a home group? Could we pray together about this decision? Changing careers, raising my child, whatever it might be. And God will often give you the wisdom you need through counsel from others. 
Third, God gives us wisdom through our thinking. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14.20 Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Okay, see, God has given us minds, wonderful gift, which means he calls us to think. All right, thinking is really important. Now, we don't start with just our thinking. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is Rick's verse, right? Lean not on your own understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We don't start with our own thinking. We start by asking God for wisdom. But then in the course of asking God, as we think, making lists of pros and cons can be very helpful. As we journal, as we ponder the situation, ask for counsel, God can give us wisdom through our thinking. One last example, or way he gives us wisdom is through supernatural revelation. 1 Corinthians 14.1, earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. There are times when you pray and ask God for wisdom, and as you're before God praying and asking for wisdom, he will bring a thought spontaneously out of nowhere into your mind, and you'll, you'll just know this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. How many of you have experienced that as you've, as you've prayed and asked God for wisdom? Okay, a number of you have. There will be times when um, you know, you're, you're praying and asking God for wisdom, and you'll just have you're, you're a sense of his presence with like your heart is moving in a direction. You'll know he's confirming that. Or maybe he'll bring you a dream or a vision. Um, God works powerfully in supernatural ways. Not necessarily every time you're facing a decision, but the point is if we're asking God give us wisdom, and you're waiting before the Lord, if he doesn't give you anything supernatural, that's okay. You've asked and you've, you've been before him. But he does definitely speak and lead supernaturally. I remember there's a time when Jan and I, I forget the details, but it's a few years ago, I think somebody had asked us to fly somewhere, I think maybe it's for some, for some good friends of our daughter's wedding. It was a really busy time in the life of the church. I didn't think, oh man, we just, I don't think this is going to work to go down there. And I remember sitting down at the kitchen table with Jan, we're praying, saying, God, we just need wisdom. We had to make the decision quick. And as we were praying, my heart just like changed. And sensed the love of Jesus pouring into my heart with the sense of, you're supposed to go. And I, I was happy about going, no matter how busy things were, because I knew it was the Lord. Now, he doesn't do that every time, but he does do that sometimes. So the word and counsel and thinking and supernatural revelation. As we ask God to give us wisdom, we're in the scriptures, we're asking for counsel, we're thinking, we're listening to the Lord. In his time, you will receive the wisdom that you need for every decision you have to make. That's what's being talked about here. <laughs> but now at this point, James knows there's one more crucial truth he's got to give us. Because there's a right way and a wrong way to ask for wisdom. If you ask the wrong way, you won't get any wisdom. You've got to ask the right way. Okay, so what is the right way to ask for wisdom? Look at verses 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
So to receive God's wisdom, we need to ask in faith. Okay? If we have any doubting, he says, then we will not receive the wisdom from God. Okay, so I just take, so what kind of doubt is he talking about? What, what does this doubt look like? What, what is this? And I've experienced this as I've asked God for wisdom. I, th- I think there's kind of three, three main kinds of doubt that I've experienced, okay? See if you can relate to these. Um, we can doubt that God is good enough to give us wisdom, Okay? It's like, I'm not sure he, he really does this. I'm not, I'm not sure he's that good. All right? You can doubt God's goodness. Now, that's a problem if you doubt God's goodness. Because God is good. He's just bursting with goodness. He loves doing good for completely undeserving people who will trust him through Jesus. So to doubt that God's good enough to give, that's a problem. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a moral Sin issue behind that doubt, if you doubt that God's good enough to, to give you wisdom. So that's one kind of doubt, that we doubt that God's good enough to give wisdom. Second way we can doubt is we doubt that Jesus' death was good enough so that somebody like me could receive wisdom. We doubt that Jesus' death was good enough. That's if you're thinking, well, I've been really bad, I've got to get good first before I could ask for wisdom, or I've been so sinful or so wicked in my life that there's no way that God's going to give somebody like me wisdom. Many times we can doubt that Jesus' death was good enough to give us to, to cover our sins so that God can give us wisdom. Okay, relate to that one? Okay, the third one I thought of is, I wrote it down, make sure this is right. It's that we don't think God's wisdom will be good enough to satisfy me in the process. Like, let's, let's say, for example, that you were praying about whether to buy a boat or not. And, uh, and let's say that you, like, you really wanted to buy the boat. I mean, you've been just checking this boat out. This is just going to be so cool. But I'm supposed to ask God for wisdom. So, God, what if he says no? Right? Now, you're not asking with faith there. Because you have a doubt that God's wisdom, you're doubting that God's heart satisfaction is so powerful that whether you have the boat or not, you'll be satisfied in him. You've actually let the boat take the place of God in your heart there. Right? And if you're doubting that God's wisdom will be good enough to satisfy you, if you think, well, if it goes this way, or if you're not trusting God as your heart's satisfaction, you'll be full of doubt. You'll be back and forth as you're praying. Okay, so can you... We all experience doubt at times when we're asking God for wisdom. Let's just get, make it clear here. I do, and you do. Right? There's nobody here who, every time you ask God for wisdom, it's like, just pure faith here. All right? Is there? <laughs> we need to talk afterwards, Okay. Maybe you're probably wrong, all right, because you're not in heaven yet. That's why. Okay, so what would it mean to ask in faith then? What it means to ask God in faith means, you, you know, God, you are so good, you will give me wisdom as I'm asking you, because your word says that. You are good enough. And Jesus, your death was good enough to cover me and to forgive me so that somebody like me, as long as I'm trusting Jesus, surrendered to you, but I'm covered by your blood and by your righteousness so I can receive all the wisdom you have for me and I'm trusting God that whether you give me the boat or not, you are my heart's satisfaction. You will satisfy me so I'm, I'm, I'm good. Either way it goes, I'm good, I'm at peace. That's what it means to ask from faith. Okay? Now, how do you get there? Right? We don't start there. 
How do you get there? So you're, you're there ready to pray, and you find that there's these doubts. What are you going to do? We don't say, well, I've got doubts. I think I'll stop praying, because then what won't you receive? The wisdom. Okay? And Jesus says, don't go. Bring your doubts to me. It's just another way that Jesus is just awesome. I mean, I don't think we, get, we see this clearly enough. No matter how messed up your heart is feeling spiritually, okay, you can bring it to the living Jesus, and he will take care of it, including doubt. So here's what I would encourage you to do. I would start off, remember the, the man with the demonized son in Mark chapter 9, and uh, remember the, the, the prayer he prays to Jesus? He says, I believe, help my unbelief. Mark 9, uh, what is the verse? I wrote it down. 24. Jesus said to that man, I will. He didn't say, you get rid of all your unbelief first, then let's talk. He said, okay. And when you come before Jesus and say, I believe you enough to ask you now to help my unbelief, would you do that? Jesus smiles, and he will. He will. So say, forgive me, Lord. I'm doubting that God's good enough to give me wisdom. I'm doubting, Jesus, that your death is good enough to cover my sins so I can receive God's wisdom. I'm doubting, God, that your wisdom would be best for me because I'm looking for my heart's satisfaction in something else. Jesus, forgive me. Help my unbelief. So you start there. I believe, help my unbelief. And then secondly, confess your doubt and unbelief to the Lord. If you want something, if you want a boat more than God, dude, you've you got to repent of that. I mean, that is idiocy. Are you kidding me? A boat? A boat? Instead of God? Nothing wrong with boats. Jesus hung out in boats. Okay? All right? Boats are all right. Wouldn't want to buy one of those. That's okay. All right? You could walk on water. It was all right. So, uh, but really? But see, our hearts are always putting things before Jesus. I mean, we desire things more than Jesus. We think about other things in our spare time more than Jesus. Our hearts are centered around other things more. We've got to repent of that and just say, Lord Jesus, take that away. So confess your doubts and your unbelief before the Lord. And because of Jesus, if you confess them, you'll be completely forgiven. Spotless. And then, set your heart on scriptures which show you God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's love, God's mercy, until by the work of the Holy Spirit, you start to feel, God, you are good. You will give me wisdom. Jesus, your death was good enough. Yes, I trust you. Father, you are my heart's satisfaction, not a boat or whatever. Your heart will start to change, okay? And then you'll be able to ask in faith without any doubting. See? If you need wisdom, you can ask God for wisdom through Jesus. If your heart's doubting, you can ask Jesus to take care of your doubting. It all comes back to asking Jesus. He's a ever-flowing fountain of good to everyone, anyone who will come to him, humbly and with faith. Okay? We'll see what questions this raises. I mean, talking about asking God for wisdom, for decisions. Don't ask me what to do in your particular situation, okay? I have no idea. All right. Okay, by doubting situation, you mean like, I'm doubting that I'm sure what I should do here? Well, that's totally fine, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so that kind of doubt's totally fine. But we, we must not doubt God and his promises. Good, good distinction, thank you. Okay, what else? 
Good question. Will unconfessed sin hinder your prayer to God? Absolutely. Um, I can't think of the scripture, but yes. Okay. So if you... Now, 1 Peter 3.8? Yeah, right. With the husbands, exactly. Okay, 1 Peter 3.8 is a perfect verse for that. So, um, if you know of an unconfessed sin that's in your heart, okay, you've got to confess that and, and, and lay that down before the Lord. Okay, because there's something there that you're idling, uh, you're idolizing before Jesus there. So you've got to lay it down before the Lord. If, you, if you're wondering, might there be unconfessed sin that I'm not aware of? Ask him. And he'll, he'll make it really clear to you. He never plays hard to get on that stuff. Okay, but you know what? Usually we know, don't we? Don't we usually know our unconfessed sin, man, do you think? And that's my sense, is that we know. Okay, so sometimes we, we take the big problems to God, but we don't take the smaller problems to God. And God wants all of them, right? If you're concerned about it, he wants you to bring it to him. Big, small, all right? That's a good point. That is so important. So the sign that you've gotten wisdom from God is not that you've avoided suffering. It's not that it's going really well. Okay? Like, like the Holy Spirit leads Paul to go into a city, and Paul starts preaching there and gets stoned and left for dead. It's like, I thought I, thought I got God's wisdom. He totally got God's wisdom. Right? Remember, there's a time where some friends uh, were starting a business, wanted me to, to help invest in it, you know, and I, I really wanted to. Because I was like, man, this could make a lot of money, you know. And I remember praying about it, and I was having all these doubts because money was above Jesus at that point. And I really, and tell me yes, tell me yes, please tell me yes, give me wisdom, but make it yes, you know. <laughs> and then it just struck me that, that God could do one of four things. This is really important to understand. He could tell me to invest because it's going to make money. Yes, that's the one. He could tell me to invest because it's going to lose money. Right? Right? He could tell me not to invest because it's going to lose money. Oh, thank you. Or he could tell me not to invest because it's going to make money. Right? All of those are possible. And all of those could be God's wisdom. Because he orchestrates trials, blessings, difficulties, good things, good times, hard times. He orchestrates it all to bring us closer and closer to him because he is the prize. Just talking to somebody this morning who just said, I've just come through a hard time, some months, and I was so close to the Lord then. And now that the Lord's delivered me from that, I'm not very close to the Lord anymore. Isn't that the truth? It's harder to fight for closest to Jesus when everything is going great. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. Good question. Could God give wisdom through an unbelieving friend? Absolutely. Um, like the person I asked about real estate was not a believer. Uh, at the same time, I'd want to say that the closer the questions got to spiritual things, obviously, uh, relational things, emotional things, I think we need to be more cautious as, the, as, as we got closer to that because it's at that point where somebody doesn't know Jesus, um, they could still give good counsel, but it, it won't be as helpful or as centered on, obviously not won't be centered on Christ at all. Does the distinction, can somebody else make the distinction better? As, pardon? Okay, so there, there's some distinction there. I'm mean, like, to ask somebody about how to do real estate 
obviously a, a, a successful unbeliever was very helpful for me. I followed her advice and it was amazing what God did. But if I'm going to ask her, you know, how do you overcome anger in your life? She's not going to give me the gospel there for sure, right? She may say, well, you know, count to ten. Okay. Um, and that can overcome anger, but I, I could still be left with as much sin as, I, as before I counted to ten. I just, I just, now I've got sinful peace instead of sinful anger, okay? All right? So, um, does that help? Am I making it worse? Right, so if, you know, obviously, I mean, if you're before the Lord and he says, you know, go, go chew this person's head off, you know, yes, I'm sensing, I'm feeling it, you know. <laughs> I mean, you can, there's times where we need to speak stronger to people, but I'm, I would try to have an example that would be obviously wrong. Like, go kill someone, go, you know. Um, so, yeah, we've got to test uh, what we sense from the Lord through, through the scriptures. That's why scripture's preeminent. All right, let me just wrap up with four Four things I want to encourage you to do. First of all, just I mean, get this promise. This is this is just gold. This is amazing. Through the rest of your the decades of your life, you're going to have big decisions, weighty decisions with massive ramifications. And if you're following Jesus and trusting Jesus, what this means is that you will always, if you ask Him, you will always have all the wisdom that you need for every decision you face. That is just amazing. Isn't that just, what a God, what a Savior we have. I love that. So understand that. And then secondly, flowing from that understanding, bring every need for wisdom to him in prayer. Don't ever again fret over the fact that you're facing a decision and you don't know what to do. Okay? Ask the Lord. Now there may be a time process before he gives you the wisdom. His timing is perfect. That's good for us to be dependent upon him, but he will give you the wisdom. Okay? And like you may need to make a decision like tonight, and you're just not really sure, and you pray and you're sensing nothing, but you say, well, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom. I'm before you. I'm just going to trust that the decision I make now will be your wisdom. Here we go. There's times where you got to do that, and you just trust him because you're there before him. You're asking him. You trust the promise. So bring every need for wisdom to him in prayer. And then third, in our home groups... Not, maybe at the meeting, but, but certainly in the, in the home group community, let your brothers and sisters help you with decisions. Not that like, they decide for you, but that they can give counsel, they can pray, they can, they can ask the Lord to bring some spiritual gifts to speak into your situation. I mean, many of our home groups have just lots of precious stories of people where as they've waited on the Lord together and prayed, God has spoken to one of them clarity about what's supposed to be done. And then as the person prayed and waited, the Lord confirmed, and, and it was just awesome what the Lord did. So take time in your home groups. And then fourth, let me encourage you to share this truth with people you know who don't know Jesus. This is a powerful way to share the gospel because you have friends, neighbors, people at work who may share, you know, I've got to make a decision about like my son or you know, a, a financial issue or a health issue, I need wisdom here. Well, how powerful as they have that need to say, you know, I just want to share that as a follower of Jesus, he promises that because of what he's done, when we ask, God will give us all the wisdom we need. It's just a sweet way to share the gospel with somebody. So you have friends who need to hear this. This is what Jesus will do. As we come before Jesus and surrender our lives to him, receive him as our savior, our Lord, our treasure, and then we ask him for wisdom, he'll give us all the wisdom that we need. Okay, let's stand together. Let's pray. Ask God to 
put this in our hearts more. Lord, we ask you for your grace now to see and feel this truth more clearly. None of us sees it clearly enough. Lord, I pray that that just through the rest of this day, and then as we're in our home groups this week talking about these things, Lord, would you just take James 1, 5 and just impress it upon our hearts, Lord. Just impress it upon our hearts. Lord, I pray for people who are here right now who right now are facing big decisions and they don't know what to do. Right now, Lord, just breathe faith upon them. Let them see how good you are, God, that you will give them wisdom. Let them see, Jesus, how good your death is, that they can be covered and forgiven and counted righteous because of Jesus so that you, Father, can give them everything that they need. And let them really see and rest in the fact that your wisdom, whatever you give, will be good because you will satisfy their hearts. So I pray that you would do this in a powerful way, Lord, upon us for the glory of your name. 